Live long and prosper. I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Lilu Dallas Multipass. Shut up and take my money. Buy Grabthar's hammer. What a saving. One does not simply walk into Mordor. X never, ever marks the spot. Winter is coming. You're a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen. Hey, whole Kermitee frog here. Your ties are cool. So say we all. This is a play on nerds. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 179 of Play on Nerds. As always, I'm Steve. This other guy is Jarman. Good to see you guys over the years. We're going to co host the hell out of this thing. That's right. And this week, for episode 179, we're bringing back your favorite and ours, Nerd Roll of Fortune. Do we have music for that? We do. It goes in right there. Ah, damn. We got to get it on the board. Well, not there. It goes in in later on when the segment starts. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, I thought we could just have it a little like, yeah, give a little taste. I should put it on the board. You're right. I'll just sing it every time. (laughs) (laughs) Nerd brother fortune. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, that's later for now. Actually, Steve, you are a little hot. You could turn. Am I hot? Yeah. It's so hot right now. It's so hot right now. That's fine. It's just so the intro. hot. Oh, you're right. I am hot. It's weird. Hot, 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 hot. Oh, too low. I'm going to start low and I'll work my way up. Hot, 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 hot. That sounds That's fun. probably at the high end right there. Nerd roll. Nope. Pulling it back. Nerd roll of fortune. There we go. There we go. All right. So where right where do you want to start? Where do you want to go? Um... Uh, <laughs> so we, yeah, so Jarman, what have you been up to? I guess okay, but first, Jarman, what have you been up to since the last time we recorded? Uh, well, not that much to report, actually. Kind of one of those times where it's just been a lot of grindstone working and working out. I'm trying to lose some weight after seeing my nice. wedding pictures. I'm like, I got to get my head back into a, a smaller size. <laughs> That's right. It's <laughs> when you have to start buying bigger hats. <laughs> I know. That's, that's like what? That's that's when I knew. <laughs> so I was like, I got a little bit of a belly. That's okay. But then I'm like, no, my head just looks bloated and huge. So I'm just going to start losing some weight. Like a grape on another grape. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but also what's cool is coming up um, is this weekend on Saturday, I'm driving to the airport at 7.30 p.m. to pick up okay. a Sean Vanderloo from the Great White oh, North. very cool. Yeah, so he's coming with his uh, girlfriend, Leah, and uh, we're going to go pick them up and with hopefully with Jolie with me. And they're staying at Disney and doing lots of uh, Orlando tourist type stuff. Uh, Leah, Very his girlfriend's cool. actually a travel agent, so she's dealt with pe- sending people to Disney a lot, but hasn't doesn't get to go too often herself, I don't think. Um, but anyways, so it'll be fun. You know to- she's got all the good deals. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But we're gonna meet up with them and maybe see them hopefully more than once while they're here, so we can see other things outside well, of the good. theme parks. Well, say hi to Sean for me. I will. And at the end of this, we should re- record that stinger for him. Yes, because Sean, we apologize. By the time and we'll you hear just, this, we'll double drop it. You you having your third hundredth, three hundredth episode? Yeah, that's he, crazy. And he he played the three hundredth episode. I listened to the episode today actually, and he did I, men- he did mention that uh, we t- we didn't send one in yet because we are just trash. We we're are trash. Amer- we're American trash, Sean. And it, but we're 
We're so happy you're here classing up the joint. We we are. We we're still gonna send it in. It'll be late, but we apologize. We uh we had a we had a long weekend and uh, and the fact that Sean is a one man show and I would wager has produced more content than us or more more episodes maybe at this point yeah the rusted robot between all his different shows and stuff like I would and he started later so it it's admirable Sean sci-fi waffle and he got the cosmic pizza podcast and your the dedication 5, to the craft. Epsilon three, everything. This is ridiculous. Dedication. And you're maintaining the purity of the craft in that, like, you're just talking about stuff. Yeah, just talking about stuff. That's all it is. That is the true essence of podcasting. That's right. (laughs) But anyway, Steve, what have you been up to? Oh, man. Uh, We had, I I took a day off. So I basically looked at this thing that was like, here's how to hack your work schedule. And since I basically have the, like, seven major U.S. holidays off, they're like, here's how to take as little time off as possible and get like big five or six day chunks of time off. And so I started looking at labor day and Memorial day uh, and basically how I can like stack a day on either end and get a six day chunk or a five day chunk. Mm -hmm. So I started doing that. And so I had a four day weekend labor day for the price of one vacation day. A lot of companies don't allow you to do that. So you're lucky you can do that with your company. That's right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have the, I have the time. I'll, I'm happy to spend it. There you go. Um, so I had a long weekend. We got the house ready. Saturday, we hosted some neighbors. We had just the saddest dilemma on Friday. So it was hot. We decided we're going to park the car, walk, and then go pick up Joyce. Um, and we're going to go get ice cream. Nice. Great. Great start. So we go to pick her up. We walk down. So we have to walk to Oakmont, which is like, it's probably a mile and a half, but it's warm. Sun's out. We're dragging kids. We're like, here, once we get to ice cream, we're like, oh, everyone gets ice cream. All right, we're going to get there. We get there, ice cream place closed for Labor Day weekend. Oh, God. The whole weekend. So, I, so <laughs> Joyce just flips her mind. Dilly is kind of okay with it. Joyce just flips out. Oh, no. Um, and she starts crying like, Joyce, we, we've got to go and do this one errand with mom that we were going to go down do down here. And then on the way home, we're going to pass a bunch of shops. And something is going to have ice cream. <laughs> oh, no. We're you promised again. You, we're going to get you a cold treat. <laughs> so help me God. So then we go up. We do this. We went to the refillery, which is where you go and you fill jars with like laundry detergent, but like fill things you already have. Oh, okay. So you're not paying for packaging. You're just paying for the content. It's pretty gotcha. cool. Um, so we went there and then we walk. We walk past two shops that I think will have ice cream. One of them isn't open and the other one does not. So I'm like, all right, there's the Rite Aid. There's the Rite Aid on the corner before we get home. <laughs> we'll get ice cream there. So I was like, Joyce, this is great. We can get like a multi-pack of ice cream and have more for later. I really sell it on this idea. We get into Rite Aid. We walk <laughs> oh, no. down and I can see from a distance the entire freezer assumption is empty. Oh, my God. Empty. We walk in. It's off. And so I go, okay, Joyce. Joyce starts living out. And I, I lean down. And I stop because Dilly, Dilly and Mom are still behind us. And I go, if you flip out, Dilly's going to flip out. I really, really need you to keep it together. <laughs> Stop promising her things you can't deliver on. I said, I said, we will get a cold drink and then we will go home and you and I will hop in the car and you and I will go to Giant Eagle and get ice cream for everybody. But you have to keep a good face because if Dilly freaks out, it's going to be miserable. And she went, okay. So she kept it together. She oh, kept good. it together. It was great. We got out of there. We went. All the drinks were warm too. Oh, God. <laughs> so we got a warm, we got a warm Gatorade. Oh. We walk. The 15 minutes the rest of the way home. And Joyce and I do finally go and get ice cream. 
Where was open finally? <laughs> Giant Eagle. We had to t- get to the car and then drive to the grocery store. Okay, it's called Giant Eagle? Giant Eagle. It's the big chain. It's the Safeway out here. Oh, I never heard of They're that. They're not nearly as nice. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so that was our terrible journey <laughs> to get ice cream and my daughter just nearly losing it, but then showing a lot of maturity, which yeah, was nice. Yeah, that's true. And she better be because we are getting ready for her birthday party because she's turning seven on Ooh. Sunday. That's right. Old kid. Yeah. Uh, we had a goodbye dinner for uh, Mama Arlene, my grandmother. She's headed back to Washington, D.C. and then back to Rwanda. That lady is insane. It's crazy. Um, and I think I met, I did mention uh, we're hosting the Penn State game at our place. Mm-hmm. So a bunch of Bauman's and associated others are going to come over eat food, drink beer, and take over our house. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. I'm sure Anna will love that too. Oh, it's going to be great. So I actually have to work a half day because it's payroll day. So the game starts at noon and I will get home about 1230. <laughs> so you're doing so, none of the prep. <laughs> well, Anna and I are going to work like crazy tomorrow to get okay, the house good. like where it needs to be, prep the food things that can be prepped. We're going to set her up as much for success as possible. Uh, and then my cousin uh, Tessa and her husband Dave are going to come over at about ten thirty or eleven. Oh, that's good. And help her get ready. Um, they're going to bring a second TV because apparently I need a second TV for the game. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many people to see on one TV. That makes sense. I, I see how it works. Well, I apparently, you want one outside for like the smokers. That's what uh, I'm told. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I had two TVs for my Halloween party last year where we watched horror movies all day long. And I put a TV on each side of the living room nice. so with two couches set up on each side of the house. It was it worked pretty nicely. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's it. Just a lot of visitation and family and fun. You get a full dance card there, sir. I do. <laughs> that takes us to some nerdy news. It's time for nerdy news. <laughs> All right, so my nerdy news story this time around is called Loch Ness Lament. I messed up the name. Loch Ness Lament. So just recently, it's actually been over international news um, through the UK, uh, Australia, the US. People have been talking about this because there is one of the largest coordinated search efforts uh, ever, ever this past uh, month in August for the Loch Ness Monster. And hmm. they were planning for one big weekend. They were taking volunteers to come out and any funds that people could donate. The local tourism authority and everybody uh, actually supported with money and funds and boats and equipment. And people just went out there in mass to just try to get sonar, um, audio recordings underwater, of course, lots of photography and video and uh, it was a great idea, and I was very excited because ever since I was a kid, I was like, well, eventually our technology is going to become good enough <laughs> where we will just know for certain one way or the other. They're going to be able to search that whole grounds fairly easily with the technology we'll develop. Because at the time when I was a kid, you know, that technology didn't really exist. They had to just troll the waters slowly with like little bits of sonar and stuff. And you can't find it. That water is like so deep. It's almost like a mile deep at parts. Um and I think there might be underground caverns and stuff so that you can't search that stuff with our technology. So this sounds like a great idea to me. It's like it's finally going to happen. We're going to know one way or the other if they search that whole lake. So they get there, and it's one of the worst weather condition weekends ever in that part of Scotland. <laughs> so, like, there's just horrible torrential downpours. It was so bad 
that they canceled the Highland Games for the first time in 75 years. Wow. And it was that weekend that it happened. And people still went out in the water. They still decided to go out there and look because they're like, we came all the way out here from people from France, people from all over the world came around Canada. And so the weather conditions were bad. But then people are stupid. So they had these wonderful sonar recording devices that were going around the water. And they said they picked up lots of strange pings and it was all, all crazy data they want to look over later. They get back to shore. They weren't recording the data. <laughs> so they were watching it in real time, but they forgot to turn the record button on. Then they claim they heard all these strange noises with the sonar pings. Uh, they weren't recording that either, apparently, because they don't have the recordings of them. They just said, oh, it sounded really weird at the time. So no video of anything inclusive. Guys, you wonder why <laughs> no one gives you credibility. I know. <laughs> because at the very least, at the very minimum, you're a nincompoop who's bad at their job. Yes. At a minimum, you're the guy that went out to Loch Ness, spent money, brought equipment, brought friends during the biggest search effort in history. You just didn't you didn't bring the stuff you needed. I didn't push the record button. <laughs> you just, you just, <laughs> so then the only thing that came I out. Was <laughs> I was recording on my phone that I started playing a game of Snake. <laughs> Oops. Oh, oh that crazy Snake. He goes every which way. <laughs> oh, he's so, he's so canavid. But anyways, the video was bad because it was so stormy and rainy and cloudy. Um, but then oh one God. woman came out. Um, she said because of this effort, she decided to finally come out with her photos that she took in 2018 um, of what she thinks could be the Loch Ness Monster. And they're some of the best photos that have come out in a long time. Um, of course, they're inconclusive and you can't tell exactly what it is. But they Can are... I see these online somewhere right so now? So if you go to the Nerdy News tab there, you'll see I put the links. I thought you might ask. And there is a New York Post article. It's a lot of places online. This is probably the easiest to see it, all the photos at one time. Um, all right, let's see. It, it could be a lot of things, but it's, it is it is cool looking. Um, you see the humps like you normally describe. There's one picture that looks a lot like the head sticking out of the water a little bit. Um, and they're but they're from 2018. They they weren't. That looks the, like a that looks like a series of floating trash bags to me, <laughs> or a series of floating trash bags. It could also be that. Yeah, like, look at them side by side, and then that thing that's the eye, that's just it turned the other way. It just reoriented in the water, so now it's facing hot dog instead of hamburger to the so camera. So you can't see the second part, the second bag. So you can't see the second part, and then, of course, it catches just a little glint of sun, which is all it would take to make that one bright spot that suddenly <laughs> becomes an eye with no mental effort at all. Yeah. And, and then, then there, turned sideways again, maybe tipped. The only you can th even see the big round shapes now sideways. The only thing that gives it any like kind of credibility of not just being a floating object is that when you this is all zoomed in parts of the picture, and when they're right. zoomed out, you can see a trail of where this thing seems to be moving as opposed to just floating because it's actually leaving a wake as it kind trash. of trash. It's all but trash. it could also just be a pile of trash. So could be, basically, it's trash is trash bags or trash filled with trash. <laughs> I'm we're all in lament because the search was a bust, uh, not because. It was conclusive one way or the other, but because it was so poorly executed and well, badly guys, timed. Guys, I've I've seen a lot of documentaries <laughs> on TBS, Discovery Channel, and otherwise about this. And I can tell you exactly how it's going to go. Okay, here we you're go. going to go out there. You're going to talk all about all the equipment you got. It's going to be a 10-minute thing just about the equipment. It's going to be boring as shit. Then... <laughs> 
Because you're going to go out on a boat with the sound stuff. Oh, yeah, or sound stuff. Your weird stuff, it's inconclusive, could be anything. <laughs> your, your brother forgot to record it. Okay, so then... <laughs> And uh, then you go back out with cameras and you look at the cameras and you try to find the cameras and you don't see anything cameras. because it's a fucking mucky mire down there. <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's cloudy as shit. And you went on the worst rain condition week <laughs> in the history of Scotland or whatever. Yes, pretty much. So then you go back and you're going to hit with a sonar. You're going to hit with a sonar. <laughs> so you hit the sonar and you're talking all about it and you hit something. You hit something big. You're zoning in on it. You hold another boat. You're zoning to it. It's a fucking log. That's what it is. <laughs> it's two I've bags of trash. I've seen this happen. It's seven different documentaries. That is exactly the progression. We're going to go listen. We're going to go look. We're going to use some futuristic fucking tech that's not going to show us anything. At the end, we're going to find nothing. <laughs> That's the same way the Bigfoot documentaries end up, too. <laughs> oh, man. We heard a howling in the woods, but it turned out it was just Bob the whole time. Okay, so here's how the Bigfoot one goes. Okay, right. here we go. They just think about the equipment. It's like 12 fucking minutes long. It's boring. <laughs> <laughs> Once we get done talking about the equipment, then they're going to go out in the woods. They're going to record some sound. And they're going to go out, and they're going to set up a trail camp. They're going to set up a trail camp. And they're going to go out and they're going to, they're going to see, and the trail cam is going to have inconclusive blurs on it after seeing some deer, but you're going to go looking for footprints. You're going to find a footprint. That's probably a bear. <laughs> That's probably what it is, but you're going to tell yourself otherwise. <laughs> and then you're going to go back out at night with night vision cameras. You're going to sit up in one of those things on a tree, a high, high, and you're going to watch for it. And all you're going to see is fucking raccoons, but there's going to be something that makes a noise and you're going to record it. And then turn the camera and face yourself so it's really close, like fucking Blair Witch Project. <laughs> and you're talking about, like, did you guys hear that? There it is. And you're just going to point it out into the darkness of the night. We're going to hear, <gasps> again. <laughs> it turns out it's just Dale Bauman, your dad. He's just standing out yeah, there in the woods. He's out there chasing bears with rocks. <laughs> um, no, like, just, they're all the same. It's all <laughs> So we're going on a ghost hunt, okay? We're going on a ghost hunt. <laughs> yeah, okay. We're going to spend 12 minutes talking about the equipment. <laughs> it's going to be boring as shit. <laughs> we're going to go out to the scene where someone reported a UFO. All right. We're going to go out at nighttime for some reason, and we're going to get all our equipment out there. We're going to record. First, we're going to go out with audio. We're going to go out with audio. We're gonna, and then we're going to hear. We're going to play it back real slow. Real slow and then real fast. And then something's going to make a noise and we're going to interpret it however the fuck we want. And then we're going to use that as an excuse to go back at night with cameras. Then we're going to use cameras. We're going to look for it. It's all the same. <laughs> that might be our longest nerdy news segment ever. <laughs> oh, my God. I think I just established that I could write any one of those shows. Yeah, it's a formula. It seems to work. People keep watching them. <laughs> Oh, and you know what it is it's fucking nothing that's what it is it's a two bags of trash <laughs> it's always two bags of trash it's always two bags of trash <laughs> either what you find in the water or the dudes looking or in the woods in the sky it's gonna two be two bags, bags of trash, trash. Well, i think that takes us to the main segment <laughs> it sure does some nerd roll, roll of, of fortune, fortune. <laughs> All right, for those of the uninitiated, we uh, are going to 
use what a generated list we made from ChatGPT uh, with some guidance from me of 20 nerdy topics, bigger topics. And then once we find a topic, we're going to roll another D10 to find out which category in that topic we're going to talk about, something more specific. And depending on how much time we spend on one uh, topic, we'll talk about another one, perhaps. Yeah, we'll just go. All right. So I got the D20 here. I'm going to roll it. You got it. Hit it. And here we go. That's number 13. That's my lucky number, baby. Number 13 is Geeky Gadgets and Technology. Ah, shit. Okay, what's it going to be? Now we roll a D10 to find out what kind of Geeky Gadgets technology. We rolled an 8. Oh, wow. This is uh, not dry at all. Uh, (laughs) Home automation, yeah. lighting, temperature, and security. <sighs> All right. Well, I mean, I have some things to say about this because I got a um, ring light or ring camera thing for last Christmas, and it's still not put together or put up because I feel like it somehow will be incredibly difficult, and it probably isn't since the average moron can assemble them, apparently. Yeah, I set up too. So what do I do? How do I set it up? So I don't know what type you have. The type I have is simple. It comes with a mount, like a base, that you screw into the frame or next to the door. I would recommend you pre-drill. Oh, we we rent the house, though, so I guess we can't do that. Uh, You could probably also use an adhesive pad. The nice thing about the mount, though, is that it allows you to secure it with a security screw, and it makes it a little harder to steal. That's what I was thinking. Someone just walk up and take it because I put a command strip on there. Someone could just go yoink and just take it away. Yeah. But I really want it because I sit here at my desk right by the right by the front door in my office. The front door is just on the other side of my wall, and people will knock loudly while I'm editing or recording. And Do you have a window that you could maybe see the door from? Almost. I can kind of almost hide from me if they're right at the door. And so what I do is I just no, I, I check my I'm phone asking- and I look out and see has anyone called me? No one's called me. I'm not expecting anything, so I just wait until they leave. I never answer the door if someone knocks on the door because I'm like, who would they be besides a solicitor? This well, time the Ring day? camera has a crazy wide lens. It's the sort of thing where if you have a window that faces the front, you could put it in oh. and still probably utilize it. And I don't know if the motion detection stuff would still work, though. Does it need to be like um, it has to be plugged into something, right? No, I mean, maybe there are probably versions like that. Ours is uh, like USB rechargeable. We have to recharge it once every three to five weeks. Oh, just you slip it off somehow? Since we put them up, we've charged twice. Okay. Well, that sounds better. There's no wiring or anything like that to worry about. No, no, no. It's just this little plate on the wall, and then you latch the thing onto it. But if you have a window, you could face it out. Once again, I don't know if the motion detection will work or not. That's true. And it could be a doorbell, too, so I like that aspect of it. That's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love the automated lighting. I've used, I bought that for my stepdad on a couple of occasions for Christmas because he loves gadgets and technology. And mm-hmm. the fact that you can have a non-dimming light switch, like if you're renting or if you don't want to install dimming light switches, you can just get a smart bulb and put it in your whichever lights you want to be able to dim. And then you can dim them from your phone. I mean, it's we're living in the Jetsons now pretty much. No, nah, I fucking hate it all. You hate it all. Why? <laughs> Just go push a button. Go flip a switch. Since when are you too good to go push a switch, huh? But what if I like a different variants of lighting? Who do you think you are? Like if I'm cleaning, I, I want bright lighting. Use if I want my fingers now, <laughs> I can't reach out. Well, no, I mean, I, I don't have in this rented rented house uh, lighting that can be you know dimmed. So the idea that I can get a bulb that is dimmable, I can turn it bright when I want to clean the house. I can turn it nice and low when I want to have a relaxing evening but still see what I'm doing. 
Like that's a pretty cool uh, benefit. You I just think. described the purpose of lamps. <laughs> oh, the built-in lighting in my home isn't convenient and I need more light in one corner. How can I do it? It's called lamp. I want overhead lighting. And guess what? You turn it on with your finger also. It's crazy. Same mechanism. <laughs> I like having everything from the comfort of my phone, my doorbell, my temperature. <laughs> so, I am not that scornful of it. Uh, but <laughs> I didn't think so. We, we've only had, a, we've had the, the Hue lights at one point. Honestly, the base station was a pain in my ass. And I never used them the way they were meant to be used because the app was not super intuitive. Mm -hmm. um, the Philips so failure yeah. in the software. Yeah. Maybe just go, okay, well, I'm, I, that's all right. They can just be lights. And so I use the switch and turn them on and off. Yeah. That pretty much happened with my stepdad. I set, this happens to everything with our, my parents, unfortunately, at some point, not just because they're boomers, but because like, cause they're pretty decent with technology for their age. Like I think they're pretty good at it. They kept up, but their house is like, is cursed or something. I leave the house for like a week and everything doesn't talk to each other anymore. All the network devices, all the Bluetooth, it's all the passwords have all changed. I'm like, what happened in the two weeks I was gone? I don't understand. Uh, so I have to come back there and there's like an hour of like me fixing things in the house about the technology stuff just to make it work more conveniently for them because they'll find workarounds, but it's just it's rough. Yeah, but their workarounds suck. <laughs> the workarounds don't make it easier for them it takes longer to do everything but that's right yeah but i feel bad but anyways that's home automation should we roll again yeah let's roll again yeah that was, that was... i don't have a super strong opinion on that one kind of either way i like i mean there's some things that are unnecessary like automated fridges and yeah the ones that like track what you have and that's just getting a little too much in my opinion yeah all right rolled again we got a 18 Oh, nice high one. 18 is theater. We did theater pretty recently. I'm going to re-roll that. How about that? Okay. I don't remember, but yes. Um, I don't remember us doing it, but if you say so. Let's do number 10. Famous directors and their filmography. Oh, shit. Now let's roll the D10. Let's see who we got here. That was, that was rolled halfway. There we go. We got a 10. That is Wes Anderson. Quirky characters and symmetrical compositions is what he's known for. Wes Anderson. What are your thoughts, Steve, on the on the Wes Anderson? Oh, I fucking hate him. Thank the Lord. Me too. I, I hate him. I can't there find anybody else who feels that way. Some th So th there are some things I do admire about him in that he is a director with a vision who sees that vision through. Mm -hmm. That is rare these days. There's a lot of compromise. Um, but, th but the type of films he makes he can pull it off. And for that, there's a little bit of admirality in there. There have been a few good things mm -hmm. in his filmography. Uh, I didn't hate Moonrise Kingdom. Like I, about the kid. I don't hate Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm -hmm. But the most of the rest of his is like over stylized trash with a weird color palette. It's like the same color palette, though, in every movie. And it's like, I guess if you liked, you loved one of his movies so much, I guess you're going to like the rest of them because they feel like carbon copies to me. Like, they're all the same thing. The characters all speak in ways that no one would speak. Um, they're all, everything center of the frame because, oh, it's so different. And he just stuck with that the rest of his career, I guess. Um, and, like, I just don't like that, that everyone speaks so in such a stilted, non-emotional way. Everyone's and, and once again... That's something I find sort of once again admirable about him is that you're right. All of this stuff is exactly the same and has been the exactly the same since you know the mid 1990s or late 1990s. Yeah, bottle um, rocket. I but think that, but he knew who he was, 
and he delivered what he wanted from the beginning. Somehow he is a rare director who knew who he was at the beginning versus a lot of directors who you get to watch evolve and change and their styles change and the type of movies they make change. Um, and he's just not that guy. He's not Spielberg. No, that's true. It's like a more niche type of thing, I suppose. Who went from making like E.T. and producing Gremlins and doing Jaws and then Schindler's List and Hook in the same fucking year. Yeah. Like totally you know, different. Yeah. T- so talk about evolution versus just the same stuff. Yeah. And I guess it's just I guess you have to then like his thing. It's like a Radiohead. For I always say this about Radiohead. I, I can tell that they're talented. Their music is very intricate and interesting, but not. I just don't enjoy it. So like same thing with Wes Anderson. Like I, I can tell he's a talented guy. He's got like you said, he's got a vision, quirky character. Sure. Um, I think probably the movie I liked the most I think was Bottle Rocket. The one takes place at university. Um, it's one of his earliest ones. And it I don't like anything where Owen Wilson talks. <laughs> but I like that one because it was the most grounded in reality. Um, and that, which I'm not usually a stickler about, but just the fact that the rest of them become the characters are so non-realistic and the way they speak and act with each other that it just becomes like, I'm not attached to any of these characters. I don't like any of these characters. I'm not like invested in the story, but yeah, you're right. The one with the kid that was really actually kind of fun. Cause it was a base around a kid and more fantastical made sense because it was a kid. Yeah. His, his style made sense. Same thing with uh, Mr. Fox. Yeah, exactly. It makes sense for that. The kind style of thing. makes sense. And so I'm into it, but anywhere you try to do an adult film, like God, stop. Yeah, like I didn't see the most recent one yet, but um, I know my wife really wants to see it. Uh, the Asteroid City, I think it's called. Don't let her talk you into it. It's a trap. It's on TV now or one of the streaming services, so I'll I'll, I'll watch it if I need to. But so, Wes just... Anderson is trash. Anna loves him, but he's trash. Well, both of our wives final, love it. There you go. Word. They can watch them together, and Chicks we'll watch something else. Wes Anderson. <laughs> Chicks dig Wes Anderson. My biggest gripe is people who act like he's the epitome of filmmaking. I'm like, no, he's an aspect of filmmaking, but don't think that he's the one who's, who's making the waves that create the next generations of filmmakers. Like, no, he's, he did something interesting. Sure. But don't think you're all like high and mighty because you like Wes Anderson. Like that's not the end all be all of filmmaking. I don't know. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Thank goodness. No one else. Let's let's roll one more time. One more time. Here we go. We've been pretty thorough and quick on both of those. That's true. That is a Pre-roll. 17, oh. which is Geeky Careers and Professions. Okay. We haven't done this category yet. I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about, but all right. Two. Oh, film and television production, directing, screenwriting, and cinematography. Have you read so an interest I... in any of those categories? Well, I mean, you, you know me where I... You know, because I've got background in theater writing. Like, I took classes and wrote some stuff. Uh, and I'll, some of a lot of the, the principles, the main story driven principles, translate to screenwriting and translate to those sort of stories. And it's to the point where there, you, you've heard me where, like, we'll go over a movie and I'm like, this could have been so easily fixed. Yeah. If you just <laughs> added one line or if you just had one 30 second scene that explained anything. Um, why didn't you do that? <laughs> um, and so a lot of that translates when I watch these movies and I go, why isn't there a plot structure here? Please, someone help this movie. <laughs> um, so in that way, I don't know, like screenwriters, I feel like they mess it up a lot. Or maybe there's two step, too many steps between them and what gets out. 
Yeah, because they'll, they'll write their vision, but then you're going to have a lot of things getting in the way of that vision eventually because you have to kind of let go of it and it just kind of is sold to somebody and then they do what they want with it and what money can allow to happen, I guess. Um, yeah. But something that really spoke to me when I was in film school was cinematography. The idea of it, if I had unlimited time to set up each shot and like the, there were the discussions of like how each frame is like a, a picture it's supposed to be like art if you wanted it to be it could be where you could have things in the foreground and the background and things that are showing up in the scene could mean something to the plot and it's like that takes so much thought and effort and the director is part of that but he's like i want this scene to feel dark and in an emotional way and so then the cinematographer can kind of take over from there with the props department and the set department and they can kind of work on what's going to look and what's going to be in the frame like that's a lot of power and it's it's like the editor and the screenwriter and the cinematographer have so much power over what you're going to be seeing in this movie, even more so than the director or the actors. It's like, and they get so little credit for it. I don't know. It just kind of sucks that it falls by the wayside. <laughs> but I like directing because I get to ta- tell people what to do and I don't get to do that very often because I sit in the office by myself all day. So <laughs> I wish I could do that again at some point. That's true. That was one of my most fun times is when I got to direct. I got to direct, I think, two times in college. Nice. One was for a directing class, go figure, and it got me in a bunch of trouble. Uh-oh. Uh, and then the other was um, I, I was chosen as one of three seniors, upperclassmen, who got to direct the the backstage, not the backstage, the, the our black box theater show okay. for the season. So it was three one acts. Each senior took one. And we got to go through the whole casting process. People auditioned for us. The whole department auditioned. We had to negotiate with... George, one of the professors who was casting the main show. Mm. So we all had to negotiate. It was a pretty cool process. Yeah, I, I got to work with um, the Theater for Non-Majors Club, basically, while I was in college. <laughs> and so it was a big group of people that were all wanting to do theater, but this weren't theater majors. Well, especially and, you went to Boston University, which had like how many thousands of students? Oh, so many. And so the theater program was huge, too, and pretty popular. And so we were like... We worked in their theaters when they weren't, you know, using them and that kind of thing. And but we got I directed a, a two or three plays while I was there. Rumors by Neil Simon and uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. And it was just the the casting process. Is so fun, like having people come into audition for you and they're like nervous. And it's like, I'm a sophomore, too. Come on. Don't think you need to be nervous. And in you front get of to me. judge them. Yeah, exactly. And like, no, I judge them. You write down notes like this guy's hair was weird. You know, <laughs> not too but what I had to what I had to keep telling this is something I had to defend, not to defend, but I had to explain because people had accused me of not paying attention. <laughs> but something, I have to hear it before I see it. And so mm. most times, a lot of times in auditions, I'll have my eyes closed or I'll have my head down because I'm like really listening and, instead of watching. And then when you get into second rounds and reads, that's when I really start watching and looking at dynamic. Because I was like, I always have to warn actors, like if I put my head down, I'm listening to you. I'm not sleeping. (laughs) I just need to hear it. And I got so many worried actors that thought I was just doing nothing. (laughs) Like he hates my performance. He hates it. (laughs) No, no, no. Just keep saying the lines. I need to hear it. (laughs) Well, that's good. Cause I like, that's the thing too, is a lot of theater actors aren't very good at going over to be voice actors because it's all in your voice. And they, they're used to this kind of affected way of speaking. It's like, no, you gotta be really natural and, tone it way down for both film acting and for um, voice acting it's like they're used and so yeah hearing and making it sound natural that's kind of important sound is the first thing that comes out but i miss directing i want to do it again at some point uh, but anyways i think that was a great uh 
nerd roll of fortune there. Some yeah, it was a interesting great nerd roll of fortune. I think we, I think we did the hell out of it. We did the hell out of that. So what does that bring us to, Steve? Radical recommend. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. All right. So part of my radical recommends is something I forgot about in the feedback thing that something I did do is uh, Jolie and I got memberships to the local indie theater here called the Enzion, which was around back when Stephen and I were kids. It's been around forever. I vaguely remember it. Yeah. And it's a great little art house theater. They host the uh, Florida Film Festival when it's here and they serve dinner and drinks while you're there um, watching the movies. So I got a little membership there so we can see movies at discounted price throughout the year. And our first movie we saw was something called Bottoms which I had not heard of, but I read the description, like, oh, my God, I have to see this. And I think it's out in regular theaters now, too. It's a raunchy teen comedy like you would see in the early 2000s. But, like, yet it shows that you can still do it nowadays and still be woke and still not, you know, offend people and still be really raunchy and in your face. It's You can still totally do it, be hilarious without having to say things that are openly offensive or, or use, like, words we don't use anymore and that kind of stuff like they did in the 2000s. Um, but it's about a group of girls in high school, at least two girls in particular, who are both lesbians, and they want to have sex with a girl before they go off to college. The typical standard from the 80s, we've been doing this trope ever since, you know, let's let's get laid before we go to college kind of thing, lose our virginity. But this time it's two lesbian girls in high school, and uh, they one of the great ideas how to do this is to start a fight club with other girls and they mask it first as like, Oh, it's a self-defense club, but then it just morphs into a fight club where they just beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> and that's basically the premise. I'm not giving anything away, but the whole thing is this movie is almost like fantastical because things happen that can't happen in the real world. And right. like, people are dying and no one seems to care. And like, it's just it's really funny and weird and in your face. And it's the same producers who bring who brought us Cocaine Bear, um, which is another great movie I watched recently. I recommend it to anybody who can watch it. That one, it is nuts. It's over the top crazy. Yeah. Both produced by Elizabeth Banks, uh, who you've seen in probably tons of things, but she was um big in Wet Hot American Summer as well. But she's producing and directing lots of great stuff now. Um and bottoms, I highly recommend it. Super funny. Um, not for the kids at all, <laughs> but very raunchy and funny. Um, but yeah, that's my radical recommend there. It will, it's out in theaters. I'm not sure when it'll be streaming, but check it out. Yeah, baby. Does that take us to some trailer reviews? Yes. <laughs> well, this week's trailer I chose, and it is Godzilla minus one. <laughs> yes. For some so, reason. German, what did you think of this trailer, Godzilla Minus One? So, yeah, it's a minute and a half short trailer, but a lot's going on. It seems like it's um, it's made in Japan. It's all Japanese actors. It's in Japanese. Uh, but huge budget, looks like. We have basically the origins of Godzilla. So, kind of like they made the first Godzilla over again, almost. Um, sort of, yeah. But taking place, I think, directly after World War II. So uh, Japan's still reeling from, you know, the atomic bombs being dropped. And it's basically the creation of Godzilla coming from these atomic bombs. And you see just the utter destruction. and But real, like, dramatic acting. This is not a big budget, like, blockbuster style, you know, with, you know, one-liners and crap here and there. This is a drama. Uh, but with oh, yeah. huge Godzilla CGI effects in it. Um, 
Yeah. What'd you think of it, Steve? Um, good. I haven't seen Zero, which is, I guess, the predecessor to oh, this film. I didn't realize. Okay. Because I think it's supposed to be a trilogy. So it's Zero, and then this is minus one. I'm going to bet the next one will be one. Or minus two. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Really play it hard. Um, but I like that stylistically and visually, it reminds me a lot of the original Godzilla, but clearly he's going to have some movement and avoid a lot of the kitsch yeah. that a lot of the original Godzillas have. Um, so I'm excited to see if they pull it off. Yeah, because even as can a, find a new audience. Right, because even as recently, they've been releasing movies nonstop that are all just as kind of like silly as the last, like with Mecha Godzilla and random crap. And Well, yeah, the American ones. Well, no, I mean thank the God, Japanese ones. God. The oh, Japanese God. ones have been released for Oh, yeah. Well, the ones decades. in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. Yeah. Exactly. So this is kind of like a reboot of like seriousness of like this is a real – it's part of Japanese history. Godzilla is like a big part of their culture, you know, for decades. So I guess they're taking it seriously. So I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, I don't think I'll see this in theaters or maybe even on streaming, but it'd be interesting to see how it goes critically out there to the masses. <laughs> yeah true i don't think you know it probably won't do great in the u.s but i'll find it somewhere yeah i'm not usually big into the whole big monsters or you know the kaiju movies but all right so this one i'm gonna give gary Busey. <laughs> Raul julia comes out for breakfast this guy's robon and gary Busey has emptied every cereal box in the house including cereal boxes that Raul really didn't even know he had and he's turned them all he's drawn windows on all of them and they're placed on the floor as like a haphazard skyline and then Gary Busey covered in green oil paint from the garage that definitely shouldn't be on his body. <laughs> comes in. He goes, I'm going to crush it. Look, I'm Godzilla. Raul goes, God, you're going to die. <laughs> uh, my review for this is America is, is unfortunately finally bombed by either North Korea or Russia. And uh, what they don't realize is that Gary Busey is immune to atomic blasts. <laughs> it just fact, makes he feeds on their energy. It, he does. And he becomes this giant Gary Busey that then walks across the ocean and then crushes Russia with his bare, gnarly feet. <laughs> I feel like he's, he would say plasma breath every time before he did it. Plasma every breath. single time he goes, plasma breath. <laughs> and he will be the revenge. That not that the French America needs, but the Revenge America wants. I don't know. He's whatever the, that phrase He's the is. hero we deserve. Deserve. <laughs> That's Gary Busey for you. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it takes us to the end of episode 179 of A Play on Nerds. In our next episode, in honor of the release of Saw X, we are going to watch another film about a psychotic mastermind who tortures his victims so they will atone for their sinful ways. We're, of course, talking about Home Alone 3. So it's a rule of three again. That's right. That crazy little bastard's at it again, and he's going to kill someone this time. He is. He's a child murderer, meaning not murdering children, but he murders people. <laughs> yes. Not that we know of. Yes. Macaulay Culkin was in that movie, The Good Son. That's true. It was a good movie. Yeah. Some kids died. That's right. Uh, but until next time, join us be our nerdy audience we'll come on back and be your nerdy co-hosts thanks again internet stay nerdy my friends
Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Feel free to email feedback at aplayonnerds.com with all your questions or comments. Shoot us a message on Facebook or Twitter and earn yourself a sweet shout out on the show. Review us on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts so even more nerds can find us. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, we aren't picky. Check out our entire back catalog and other offerings at aplayonnerds.com. And how? How?